Hey guys, and welcome to episode 29 of the Life Simply Better podcast. I am Zoe Galitzis, and I coach busy working moms to create simpler, more relaxed lives with time for what matters most. And on today's episode, we are going to talk all about mastering your emotions. Why is this topic important? There's a couple of reasons. There's a few reasons, actually. So one is because emotions, how we feel, is really what determines the experience that we have in life. I did a previous episode called All We Really Want in Life, and it was back in December of 2018, I believe. I can't remember the exact number of the episode, but I talked about all we really want is to feel a certain way. And the reason we want anything in life is because how we think how we think having it will make us feel. And so emotions are very important for that reason because they really govern our experience of our own lives. They are also important because they are fuel for our actions. They determine how we show up, how we show up as a mom, how we show up as a leader at work, how we show up for ourselves in terms of honoring our own commitments to ourselves. And so they're incredibly important for that reason because they drive our behaviors and our behaviors create our results in life. And so I think the idea of mastering your emotions is huge and can be incredibly empowering and really open up avenues of your life that you didn't even realize were there. And so today we are going to talk about six tips and six just things that are good to know about emotions to help you master them in your own life. And I think this is great work to do as part of a self-coaching process to really take a look at not just what you're thinking, which we talk a lot about how what you're thinking in your mindset is very important, but also become very aware of what you're feeling and how that is driving the rest of your life. So My first tip here around mastering emotions is to know that emotions are harmless. Now, they certainly don't feel that way. Think about when you feel an intense emotion like dread or shame or terror, even fear, right? They do not feel harmless. (laughs) They, They feel like alert alarm bells that something has gone terribly wrong and we need to fix it right away. And for good reason, right? They're designed, emotions have been there throughout our evolution and our history to help us in dangerous situations to help spur action. And so there's a very good reason that when we feel a strong emotion, it does feel dangerous or or harmful or like there's a problem. But in fact, that is not the case. All that emotions are, are just some, you know, some neurochemicals and some hormones squirting out when that emotion gets triggered into our bodies, into our nervous systems and our bloodstreams and making us feel that way. There's no physical harm that happens to us when we feel an emotion. There's nothing that happens to the people around us. It's, it's not like, you know, this um, mist goes into the air when we feel embarrassed that, you know, <laughs> 
that impacts other people. Like it, it's really just this internal experience that has no physical impact on us, is transient. It doesn't last forever. But again, we're conditioned for it to feel very important. And I talked in an episode called Emotional Balance about how you could do an exercise even when you're feeling a strong emotion, um, either when you're feeling it or if you're not able to do the exercise then because you're, you're so much in the emotion at that time, even going back afterwards and kind of walking back through it as an exercise to say, what is this emotion really? And to understand how harmless it is. And you can pretend that you're describing to a little green Martian what that feeling is. So when I feel dread, for example, I feel this strong pressure against my chest and I feel tightness in my arms and my legs. And really describe it physically helps ground you in the idea that there isn't really anything to fear. That emotion cannot hurt you. So that's just really good to know. And the more you remind yourself of that after the fact, because first you'll catch it after the fact that, oh, I was, I was feeling really freaked out then and I reacted to it or I did something because of that, but I didn't really need to. Like all that was was a vibration going through my body that was totally harmless to me. The second thing that's important to know about mastering your emotions is that emotions are fuel. Emotions are our fuel for our actions. And so it's just really good to develop an awareness of what emotions you experience on a daily basis. And if those are, I like to call them action starters or action stoppers. And some, ac- some emotions like overwhelm, worry, nervousness, just put us into this spin, right? They just put us into this spin. We don't act effectively from them. Other emotions like confidence, commitment, courage, determination, openness, inspiration, excitement, other emotions like that are action starters. They fuel our actions. You know how like you can be kind of in a mid-afternoon slump and then maybe you run into a, a friend or a coworker that you haven't seen in a while that you really like and all of a sudden your energy comes right back and you feel really energized and you feel like you could just keep going the rest of the day instead of feeling like you need a nap right now. And that's because your emotion changes. Your emotion changes from whatever it was before, blah, boredom, stress, to happiness or joy when you see your friend. And that emotion is literally fuel and energy for your actions. And so understanding the relationship between emotion and action and our behavior is key to mastering that. Number three, tip number three with mastering your emotions is knowing that I'm most comfortable when I allow discomfort, which sounds totally backwards. I realize it does not make sense that allowing discomfort would make you more comfortable. But here's the thing. What we typically do when we're uncomfortable, meaning we're experiencing a quote-unquote negative emotion, is that we resist it. So if we're feeling stressed out, we don't want to feel stressed out, and so we resist it or we react to it, and 
a lot of times that just spirals <laughs> because it's coming from a place of stress that just spirals into more stress and more exhaustion. Now, all of a sudden we're getting stressed about our stress. We're running around at a million miles an hour trying to address things so that we can feel better. When in fact, we could just allow that stress to be there. And allowing it doesn't mean wallowing in it or ruminating on it or just giving it a free pass. It, it simply means as you're going about the rest of your day, noticing that you're feeling stress and allowing that uncomfortable sensation to be there in your body. So again, describing what that feels like physically. My, my heart feels like it's beating really fast. My head feels flushed. My hands feel shaky. What does that feel like in your body? Allowing that to be there instead of immediately running and trying to fix it. And when you allow it to be there, because emotions are transient, when you allow it up to the surface, that lets it process through and pass through your system. Rather, when you're, when you're constantly trying to resist it and shove it away, it just bounces right back at you because you're never truly processing it and dealing with it. So I have really found that, although it seems counterintuitive, that I am most comfortable when I allow discomfort. Tip number four is pain means listen. So again, and I'm talking about emotional pain here, but I will say I, I, I said pain generally in this bullet point because I would also extend this for myself and my own personal experience to physical pain because I am one of those people that uh, stress and negative emotion sometimes manifest themselves as emotion and sometimes manifest themselves as physical symptoms, which for me have been anywhere right from headaches and wrist pain and digestive issues, like you name it. If I'm stressed out, I most likely will have both emotional symptoms and physical symptoms. I actually was feeling stressed out the other day and sure enough, I got some back pain. I've never had back pain before, but I just, I know myself well enough now that I'm like, nope, I don't think I pulled a muscle. Like, I think that's just stress. And for me, it used to be like this alarm bell of like, something's wrong, something's wrong, we have to fix this. And again, I kind of put stress on top of the stress. Now I was stressing out about the fact that I was stressed out and feeling really um, rushed and sort of desperate to be able to fix it. But all I think that pain means now, again, whether it's emotional suffering or physical um, suffering that might be stress-related, is it's just a signal for us to listen, to pay attention to what's going on. It's kind of like your body's attempt, I think, to get you to press the pause button, especially if you tend to put a lot of pressure on yourself or rush through things or overwork. That emotion, that stress or that ache or pain um, is just a little, <laughs> a little call for help to be like, hey, stop for a minute and pay attention to what's going on and pay attention to what you're doing. And often for me, there is something that I need to address. And that emotion, that pain is actually really helpful. I'm glad that I have that pain because it's like my wake-up call and it's my signal 
to stop and take a look at what's going on and make an adjustment where I need to. Now, that leads into the fifth thing that I want to talk about, which is change yourself before your circumstances. So quite a while ago, long before I found out about coaching, I kind of caught on to this connection between, you know, my stress and some of my physical symptoms being these um, flags or signals to pay attention and that I needed to change something. But the way I would always interpret that was like, okay, I need to change something about my life. I need to change something about my circumstances so that I'm not stressed out. So I would think, for example, okay, this means I need to change something about my job. So it's not as stressful. I need to cut back my hours or I need to change jobs or I need to change roles so that I'm not as stressed out. And I would do that. I would make those changes and they would always help temporarily. But after a while, that stress and that pain would always come back in a new setting. Even though I had changed my situation, it was like a pattern for me that would come back. And now I realize now that I know coaching and I've um, received coaching, I understand that those patterns are happening because of, again, my mindset and the patterns of thinking that I have are what are actually creating stress. So in the last episode, when I talked about my limiting belief of I'm not doing enough, I would constantly go around and no matter what I was doing, no matter what role I was in or how quote unquote low stress a situation I gave myself, I would always go through it thinking I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing enough. And I would make myself busier and busier and busier. So what needed to change was not my role, was not my job, was not my family situation. The only thing that needed to to change was that thought, I'm not doing enough. And once I saw that, and once I saw it was really the thought and not the situation that was leading to my stress and leading to my pain, I could really address it. And I could really look at, okay, how do I shift that thought and maybe I don't even need to change anything about my external circumstances. Now, of course, you can still change your circumstances. That's totally fine. You can still change your situation, but you wanna do that after you've done the work on yourself to figure out those underlying thoughts and those underlying patterns so that you don't just set yourself up for the same thing six months down the road after you get that short-term improvement from changing your situation. So that's my advice to change yourself before your circumstances when it comes to relieving stress and having a better emotional balance. And the last one, number six, is pressure stops me and makes me sad and sick. (laughs) That sounds very kind of mopey as I say it, but it is so true. So pressure, I see as an emotion. Pressure is one of the common emotions that I feel. I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself. I've always been that way. I have a lot of thoughts like I'm not doing enough that create a sense of pressure. And I always saw this, and I think in our society generally, we see putting pressure on yourself as kind of motivating and like this tool to get ourselves to do more. And that's how we push through it. And that's how we get the work done. And I had this fear that if I took the pressure off myself, that I would just like 
go onto the couch and never do anything else again in my life because I was so used to that being sort of, again, that fuel. My main fuel was pressure. That was how I was getting things done. But long-term, pressure is not a good fuel. It's kind of like eating Skittles. It's like you can eat a bag of Skittles and you can have some energy for an hour or two and get some stuff done. But if the only thing you ever eat is Skittles, you're not going to feel very good after a week and you're not going to be very productive. And that's what it's like when you use pressure as your tool to get work done. So pressure, while it might seem like an action starter and Sometimes when I'm coaching people, they'll they'll say, well, I felt pressure. And so then it made me do this thing. And so that was good. But in the long run, it's completely an action stopper because it puts us into action that is not uh, sustainable. Or sometimes it never even puts us into action. Sometimes we just feel so pressured that it paralyzes us and prevents us from even being able to do anything in the first place. So either it does lead to action, but unsustainable action, or it, uh, we feel so much pressure that we can't even get started in the first place. And so realizing that pressure is an emotion that does not help me fuel sustainable action, and that also it just doesn't feel good. It does not feel good to put pressure on yourself all the time. And as I mentioned um, a little bit ago, for me personally, that's like not feeling good emotionally, but also not feeling good physically. I just, once I put enough pressure on myself, I tend to have some other physical symptoms too, that again, you know, the pressure comes from wanting to do more and wanting to create more in the world. But when I feel down emotionally and I feel sick physically, I'm not doing more and I'm not doing anyone any favors. So so much for, you know, trying to be the perfect mom and the perfect worker and all those other things, those kinds of thoughts and desires of wanting to do it perfectly or wanting to do it all or wanting to do more and more and more usually backfire on us, excuse me. So those are my tips for mastering your emotions. I'm going to go through them briefly again. And as I go through them, I encourage you to think about which of these apply to you and which of these you might want to just become a little bit more aware of as you go through your day and try out for yourself. So the first one, emotions are harmless. They feel very significant when they happen to us, but literally, physically, they are harmless. Emotions are fuel. What emotion are you feeling? If you can determine that, you will know how you will act and show up because emotions are the fuel for our actions. Number three, I'm most comfortable when I allow discomfort. When you can allow, when you can process negative emotion instead of resisting it or reacting to it or avoiding it, That is true power, my friends. And that is the way to truly have, I think, the most comfortable life. Because when you allow that emotion, it's like opening the door to just let it pass on through. Number four, pain means listen. Negative emotion is just like a signal to let us know, hey, 
something is going on here. Can you stop for a second and take a step back and look at what needs to change? Which leads to number five, change yourself before your circumstances. That wake-up call that that negative emotion is, is a wake-up call to examine the thoughts that are leading to it. Not to necessarily change our situation, but to first understand what we're thinking that's making us feel that way, and then decide from a clean place if we also want to make an additional change in our lives. And the last one, pressure stops me and makes me sad and sick. We often fuel ourselves with pressure, but it is not a good buy in the long run. Find some other emotions that you can fuel yourself with. And I promise you can let go of pressure. You might spend a little time relaxing on the couch, but I promise you the energy that you will have and you will find from other fuels like confidence and excitement and joy, that energy is so much longer lasting and so much more sustainable than pressure is. You will get more done than you could have imagined once you make that switch. All right, my friends, that is today's episode. Hey, I know that talking about mastering your emotions is a pretty tall order. And I think a lot of times it can be challenging just to really have perspective and understand what's going on with us when we're in the middle of it and when we're in the middle of feeling stressed out and pressured and overwhelmed. So if that's you and you want a little bit more support, I encourage you to check out my website at lifesimplybetter.com and you can go to the coach with Zoe tab if you are interested in getting some more support with all of this. I hope you have a wonderful week filled with many emotions, both positive and negative. Know that you can just allow those negative ones and I will talk to you next Tuesday. <music>